Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my look at a Resident Evil Extinction. This is the only Resident Evil film I never saw in a cinema as the previous movie burned me so much. So I waited until it came out on DVD and all I can see is we don't need another anti-hero as this is all very Mad Max. More specifically Mad Max 2. It wasn't until I watched the special features and found out Paul W.S. Anderson quote-unquote homaged, aka ripped off Mad Max, much like he did with Aliens, Matrix, and a fuck ton of other movies where he's quote-unquote homaged. However, this movie wasn't as bad as the latter movie, so I was at the cinema opening day for Resident Evil Afterlife. I haven't seen this since 2007, and all I can remember from this is Killer Crows, Mad Max ripoff, clones, and super zombies. So with that, it's on with this show. Starring Milena Jovovich, Odod Ferrer, Ali Latter, Ian Glenn and Ashanti. Directed by Russell Mulcathy. The plot, set years after the Raccoon City outbreak that destroys the world, overran with zombies, survivors with Alice in tow, convoy across the ruined Nevada desert to get to a supposed quote-unquote safe place in Alaska. Will they make it to the supposed safe haven or will they be zombie chow? The movie opens up this time with no narration from Alice on a naked unconscious Alice played once again by Milan Jovovich in a replay of the opening scene from the first movie in a shower as the curtain is draped over her body. Much like the first movie, she explores the mansion, wearing the red dress and mini skirt found in a bed, except this time the front door opens to the Red Queen chambers. Well, the scooter corridor outside at least. She has a flashback to the events of the first movie and outsmarts the laser grid defence, making her way into the air ducts, which leads to a mock-up of the hospital she was first experimented on. She finds out the corridor is booby-trapped and is swiftly killed by a spinning umbrella Corporation logo firing bullets. Men in white hazmat suits show up, led by Dr. Isaacs, played once again by Ian Glenn, who instructs them to take a fresh blood sample. Cut to the desert town over which the underground labs are built. As we see two men in white hazmat suits dump Alice's dead body in a ditch with dozens more. 86 to be precise, as the camera pulls out to show the ghost town is fenced off and surrounded by the undead hordes. Then in kicks a voiceover by Alice, explaining what happened that after the Raccoon City infection, it spread and now is worldwide with zombies and undead creatures running amok. Cut to Alice, the real one, with her funky new superpowers on a motorbike, answering a distress call from someone in Salt Lake City. Note, Alice's outfit was designed by Millionaire herself from her clothing line, Jovich Hawk. As she explores the empty abandoned TV station, which somehow still has power, even though she said most rivers and lakes have dried up, and forests have become deserts, as the world has slowly died. But, moving on, that's a plot hole that is not actually covered. She is jumped by a cannibal family. Now, see, why is it in every single post-apocalyptic movie there are bloody well cannibals? Jesus Christ. She quickly kills her wannabe rapist, so is knocked out and placed in a pit, handcuffed with zombie dogs as the inbred family look on gleefully. Alice quickly kills two dogs, getting out of her handcuffs in mere seconds, as the family quote-unquote mother looks on in shock. So she releases more dogs, 
which Alice quickly ties up with electrical wire wrapped around the support beam, which crumbles. So Alice makes her escape as a cannibal family is eaten by the zombie dogs. One thing, if these truly were cannibals, then why didn't they just eat Alice instead of put them, putting her down amongst the zombie dogs? And also, why the fuck did she throw down the handcuffs keys to Alice in the first place? I guess this was Paul W.S. Anderson's nod to Texas Chainsaw Ma- Massacre or how the Hills of Eyes, the House of Eyes, the Hills of Eyes. With that, she roars off on her BMW motorbike on the road, and here it all goes Mad Max. We see a convoy of trucks and buses as a zombie is run over by the armoured SUV, then finished off by an armoured school bus. As weirdly, Garden of Eden plays a not weird another hero by Tina Turner. In the lead armoured SUV, we meet Claire Redfield, played by Alan Latter, fresh off another horror franchise, Final Destination, which I may cover later on this year. She radios Olivier, played once again by Odot Ferrer, asking for cigarettes, getting nowhere with him. She radios LJ, played again by Mike Epps of the Friday movies fame, although God knows why he's in this, and not Jill Valentine or Angie Ashford for cigarettes. I mean, it doesn't even explain what happened to the two, it's just a dropped line that the two were killed in a mysterious attack by Umbrella Corp soldiers. The end. Okay, see, now, this scene is stupid. It jumps over the convoy and introduces us to the fresh meat. Couldn't Anderson come up with a better way of doing the introductions other than Claire begging for cigarettes? I mean, come on, mate, you're supposed to be this great writer and you've got this crap happening. Anyway, it moves on to Betty, played by Ashanti, a failed singer-slash-actress. Then on to Otto, played by Joe Hursley. With the introductions finally over, it's back to the Underground Lab. I mean, what is it with Umbrella Corp and Underground Labs? In a meeting room, we see Umbrella Corporation suits telling Umbrella Corporation head Albert Wesker, well his hologram anyway, played by Jason O'Mara, of most notably voicing Batman in the DC animated movies, that things aren't going so well. They're running out of resources, running out of money, running out of food, and indeed they're running off out of fresh meat for the zombies. In walks Dr Isaacs with a lackey slatter, played by Matthew Marsden of British soap fame Coronation Street, saying he has had great progress with Project Alice, and a cure from her blood is coming soon. All they have to do is capture the real Alice and get a blood sample from her. A fresh blood sample from her, that is. Also, he's working on, quote-unquote, taming the zombies, so this is all... Day of the Dead then. All he needs is more time, resources and more zombies to work with. Back with Alice. As she kills a zombie with a crossbow, already walking dead, and tries to refill her bike at a gas station. A. Where the hell does this gas come from to fuel all these trucks and cars etc etc if the world is in ruins? And B. Why the hell do you have a gas guzzling motorbike in the first place? But moving on, it's another plot hole. Finding the pumps empty, she explores the barren store, finding it empty except for a long dead woman hanging from her neck and a diary at her feet, which she picks up and returns to her bike with. Reading it, she finds out about the Umbrella Corporation labs and the supposed safe place in Alaska. Back to the convoy, uh, they scout out a ghost town, which Claire sends in LJ and Oliver to check out. In the town's motel, 
LJ is attacked first by an undead state trooper that almost bites him, and then by an undead hooker, saved by Lovier at the last minute. So the convoy set up camp. Betty, the convoy's doctor, although she dressed like a backing dancer for one of Tina Turner's gigs, quickly checks him over and misses the fact he was indeed bitten by the hooker. Back at the Umbrella Labs, Dr. Isaacs experiments on a zombie by injecting it with the antivirus, then gets two lab hands to test it, which of course it then eats as Dr. Isaacs makes his escape, looking on from the safety of a locked glass wall. Again, this is all very Day of the Dead as quote-unquote friendly zombie Bob, except this one doesn't be helpful, he actually eats the two lab coats. At the camp, Otto hands out unlabeled cans of food, shaking it to guess what's inside of it, getting a 98% accuracy rate. So what is he, fucking psychic all of a sudden? Moving on. Claire surveys the camp, asking how much gas there's left in the tankard, with the driver saying it is out. Then on to camp tech, as she gets Olivier to place early warning beacons around the camp. A desert storm hits, so Claire gets everyone inside, as the camp tech sends out a radio signal, looking for survivors, which Alice hears from her own camp, but ignores it to read more of the diary, and it tells him to go up north to Alaska. Cut to the Umbrella Comp Labs as Dr. Isaacs activates Alice clone number 87. As the clone dreams in its water bubble, so does the real Alice having flashbacks as rocks move with her telekinetic powers. She awakens from her nightmare as she drops her motorbike and rocks from in mid-air, smashing them completely. The White Queen AI, played by Madeline Carroll, another Alice Wonderland nod, warns Dr. Isaac that she has picked up a power spike from Alice's new spangled powers. Now with no bike, Alice has to walk the sand dunes alone, which handily leads to Claire's camp. In Claire's SUV, her travelling companion, Kmart, played by Spencer Locke, awakens to a crow scratching the roof of the car. The camp tech, Mikey, played by Christopher Egan of Oz Soap, Homer Bay fame, is awakened by the camp defences as the camp is surrounded by infected crows, the birds style. Does Paul W.S. Anderson have anything additional to say here? No, he doesn't. By the way, if you haven't checked out Hitchcock's The Birds, do so now. A crow gets spooked by a child in a school bus, which causes the murder to circle the camp. Unfortunately, Betty and LJ's ambulance get stuck in the sand and cannot drive off. They abandon it and run to the school bus, getting chased by the terrible CGI crows. So the crows circle and attack the bus. Olivier and Mikey evacuate the bus as Betty and LJ try to keep the windshield from caving in as the crows are attacking the front of the bus. Meanwhile, a woman falls into the murder of crows and eaten alive Tibby Hedron style. Betty and Otto get mauled by the crows and the school bus as LJ screams for his lover in Claire's SUV. An unnamed camp member tries to fry the crows with a flamethrower on top of one of the trucks, however it's quickly overran by the crows and eaten. So the flamethrower spins out of control and almost roasts Olivier and an unnamed girl, except Alice walks in and uses her powers Jean Grey style to wrap the flame around them then I'll roast the crows all with the fire. Falling into Olivia's arms, she faints. At the Umbrella Cop Lab, the White Queen picks up on the spike yet again, so she uses the Umbrella Cop satellites to triangulate Alice's whereabouts. 
Justin Slater storms in to chew out Dr. Isaacs, so Isaacs shows him his quote-unquote super zombies, which he uses to kill clone number 87. Alice wakes up, with Kmart creepily watching over her. Outside, the Camp Warren are dead, and I do hope they have taken care of these people properly by removing the head, as Alice joins the camp. Olivia questions where she was for all those years, with Alice saying she knew she was getting watched, so she hacked into the company computers and made a stop to it. Meanwhile, in space, she's getting watched by a satellite. So much for keeping an eye on your stuff, love, you know. <laughs> Claire questions Alice about her powers, as Dr. Isaacs now knows where Project Alice is. Dr. Alice tells Hologram Wesker he needs to pounce on Alice now, as if they leave it, it'll be too late and she'll escape yet again. However, Wesker says no. Alice shows Claire the diary, but she quickly shoots it down, saying it's a pipe dream, until Olivier points out the fact that the camp went from 50 plus members down to under 30. So Claire puts it to a vote that if the camp want to go north, she will do so, much to her annoyance. That night, Claire tells him to go to Vegas to get supplies before heading to Alaska, as the trucks are running on empty and the food supplies are almost gone. In his lab, Dr. Isaacs tampers with Wesker's speech pattern to make a sentence giving him full power to go after Alice. The convoy, meanwhile, roll out, heading towards Vegas. As Dr. Isaacs tracks Alice in a helicopter carrying a case of his super zombies. They finally get to Vegas and see it almost reclaimed by the sands. This, I've got to say, was pretty cool miniature set, with little to no CG was used. Finding Vegas empty except for Isaac's little gift, Claire spreads out the camp to look for another way around the blocked underpass, or the hell that thing was, and sends the camp sniper Chase, played by Lyndon Ashby who played Johnny Cage in a Mortal Kombat movie, which I may do later on sometime this year, up to the fake Eiffel Tower as a lookout. Alice approaches Isaac's little gift with caution. As she does, the doors fly open and super zombies attack. Why are they called super zombies, I hear you ask? Well, for one thing, they're faster, smarter, stronger and are bullet sponges. With the group Overran, Alice kicks in with her skills and takes down several zombies using her twin knives and combat skills with Isaacs watching through Alice's eyes once she has killed all but a few super zombies he shuts her down and just stands there as the camp gets overran and Mikey gets eaten Finally, after four days LG turns, attacks Kmart is pulled off by Olivier who takes a bite to the forearm, but not before giving LG a bullet to the head. The sniper is nixed as he's bitten, then falls from his tower perch to his death. Alice fixes her programming, takes down the satellite in space, then tracks down the final zombies and takes them all out. Isaac's men are nixed, but he escapes, only to be bitten by a super zombie who then a helicopter takes him back to his lab. He injects himself with the antivice and he gets his own superpowers, which he uses to kill Slater with after using a dozen vials of the antivirus. Isaac's now a super mutant, runs amok and slaughters the entire labs. Tracking down Isaac's to an underground laboratory, Alice finds it surrounded by the undead, so Olivier, bitten and slowly turning even though LJ took fucking four days, Olivier gets turned in an hour. How the hell did this thing work? Leaves the group with a tearful goodbye and a kiss from Alice. He uses the tankard as a ram, clears a path for Alice and Claire, 
takes out dozens of zombies in an explosion, done for real. Alice hightails into the ghost town, helps the group escape as Claire steals the helicopter and then heads to Alaska. Alice finds the ditch before her dead clones, enters the underground lab to face off against Dr. Isaacs, finding the place in ruins and blood splattered everywhere. She continues deeper until she finds the White Queen AI, who tells her everything that, that since her blood has bonded with the T-Virus, she is indeed the cure. The White Queen gets Alice to face off with Dr. Isaac's monster in the lower labs, as after he's dead, if Alice makes out alive, she can mass produce the cure. Heading into the lower labs, Alice sees the carnage Isaacs has done, such as impaling scientists with electrified poles. Searching further, she sees a clone of herself in a water bubble. The Isaac's monster attacks, so Alice throws one of her knives in, into it and it impales it on the shoulder, so it runs off as the Alice clone 88 bursts from the bubble and slowly dies in Alice's arms. Now even more pissed, she falls the monster into the fake mansion set where the two face off. Alice slices into it, however it self heals. After another face off, Alice uses her telekinetic powers, Carrie style. If you haven't seen this movie, check it out now. The original, not the fucking terrible remake. Knocking the monster through the wall, the monster quips it cannot be killed. Sends Alice through the wall into the Red Queen's security chamber with its scream. With Alice kicking the ever-loving shit out of the Dr. Isaac's monster, the clone Alice comes to, sets the security grid off, which dices the monster, but stops shortly before it hits Alice. Cut to Tokyo, as the overrun streets are overran with zombies underneath the streets. Wesker holds a meeting with suits and in walks a hologram Alice to tell them she's coming from them. As the camera pulls out to show hundreds of Alice clones in water bubbles as credits roll. So that was Resident Evil Extinction, a far better movie than Resident Evil Apocalypse. However, the ideas are still now, the CG is par, and the ending was weak. However, I'll give this thing a 5 out of 10. Come back next week for Resident Evil Afterlife and Resident Evil Retribution. Next month, I'll be looking at the Underworld franchise. So don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod, all lowercase, and email me what you thought of my podcast or movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com, all lowercase. Check out my dozens of other podcasts, including The Omen. Psycho, Gremlins, Friday the 13th, James Bond, Ghoulies and Critters franchise, as well as my solo reviews of Rob Zombie's Halloweens, the two of them, Donnie Darko, V for Vendetta, as well as my superhero movies, Batman v Superman, Deadpool, X-Men Apocalypse and Captain America 3, as well as dozens more. A bye!